Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Um, hey, well, when you do talk, could you move your mouth a little bit closer to the microphone? We're recording. We are recording. I because you changed your voice. I didn't change my voice. Don't do that. What, don't breathe? Okay. Mm, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. So we're going to try and get this intro done nice and quick and easy because the microphones keep going out on us, and it's really frustrating. This is my wife, Charlie Roberts. Charlie, say hi. Hi. What did you think about Christmas? How was your Christmas? I had an awesome Christmas. Did you? I did. I wasn't... I wouldn't know. I know. This is exciting. I worked on Christmas Day. And? But, thankfully, we got to celebrate... A week or so before Christmas. It was a full week. You're the worst. Okay. Um, yeah, Christmas was great. I For anybody who celebrates Christmas, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. And a Happy Holidays to anybody who doesn't celebrate Christmas. Also, the new year is ahead, and I'm super excited about the future uh, for a lot of things. For um, my our, you know real estate investing and um, our family and work for both of us. I'm super excited about 2019 and uh, what their future holds. It's going to be a great year. What are you excited about? I'm just getting to spend more time with you. Wow. And our dogs. That was so sweet. <laughs> you never say stuff like that to me. Whatever. Unless we're on a podcast. Just kidding. Um, well, today's episode is a really good one. Super, you, you haven't listened to it, but I have. And I was there because I interviewed uh, Mr. Jordan Moila. But you know Jordan. I do know Jordan. You met him. He's a great guy. And his wife. His and wife his, Sarah is awesome too. And his chitlins. Wonderful. What'd you think about him? About his children? No, no, no. I'm about Jordan. Oh, he was also, awesome. Great guy. Loved yeah. his whole family. Yeah. He's a, a local Austinite as well. Charlie and I are both, you know, have been raised in Austin in the Round Rock area. <laughs> 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 I do this thing when uh, I talk where sometimes I stutter a little bit and I stumble over my words. Do you ever have a dream that you, 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 you? <laughs> and there's a, a a video, I think it was on Vine, uh, where this little boy is like being interviewed by the news and he goes, do you ever have a dream where you do, 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 and do, do, uh, do? And Charlie always makes fun of me because I sound like that little boy. <laughs> but back to Jordan. He is an awesome guy. So he owns, Charlie, I don't know if you knew this because I don't know if we got into this when we had dinner with him and the Tyfe Geese. He owns several businesses that are uh, mainly uh, technology-based as far as like bringing in sales, um, leads, um, sales process, lead generation, stuff like that. And it's all within the property management realm. So it's right up our alley. And he's been super successful with that. He actually dropped out of college because he didn't think that he needed it. And uh, started these businesses with a partner of his and uh, has been you know, successful so far and doesn't seem like he wants to quit anytime soon. So he's now someone that I uh, really look up to and really admire. And one quality trait that he talked about um, about himself was finding something that he was good at and really honing in on that and not really... Finding his niche. Yeah, exactly. But as... 
What, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a quality trait, not a characteristic. I guess a skill set, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And he didn't beat himself up for the things that he wasn't good at. Um, and that's something that I've been guilty of before is, you know, seeing something that I'm not good at and thinking, if I'm not good at it, I need to be good at it. And if I'm not, then... I'm no good. Yeah. Um, and thinking that, you know, other people are better than me and, you know, comparing myself to others, which is just really a recipe for um, an unsuccessful and unhappy life, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I really admire about Jordan. And I will let him get further into it when we go into this podcast. Um, Charlie, if you have anything else to add, I would love to hear from you. What do you think about our podcast? Let's talk about that before we dive into Jordan's story. I love the podcast. You do? I'm so proud of you. How many episodes have you listened to? I All. How many do we have? 45. That's wrong. 237. That's absolutely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I love it, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have to say that because you're my wife, but the podcast has been a lot of fun. It's something that Matt and I both really enjoy, and um, we love learning about these new people and making new friends. You, I mean, it presented this opportunity for us to have dinner with Jordan and his wife and and kids. And that was a great time, wasn't it? I feel like you've really, it was a great time. And I feel like you've really found your niche in this podcast. I feel like it's a strength of yours that you really enjoy. Oh, thanks. And you're running with it. Oh, thanks. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, Okay. Anything else? Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Without further ado, here is Jordan Wheeler. You know, because people kind of like, okay, you know. <laughs> loose, yeah. loosey goosey. <laughs> anyway, you're good, man. Let's do it. Okay. Um, well, hey, guys, welcome to the uh, Young Wild Financially Free podcast. We are here with my co host, Matt Tyke. Matt, hello. What's going on? And we are here with our guest, Jordan Muela. Mm, I nailed it, didn't I? You got it, man. <laughs> you got it. Cool. Awesome. All right, man. Um, so. What we wanted to do today is uh, kind of dive into your story and, and what you do and just learn more about you. And obviously, we've had this professional connection with you, and um, we really appreciate that and see the benefit in that. And so we just wanted to learn a little bit more about you and get our listeners to learn a little bit more about you. So um, if you can, give us like a, a two to three minute elevator pitch on, on who you are. A little background and bio. Yeah. So my name is Jordan Moyla. I've lived in Austin, native Austinite. Like you guys. I mean, good company. This is awesome. We're all unicorns. Yeah, exactly. And um, I own a bunch of businesses that are all in the residential property management space. So I own a lead generation business called Management Property, a sales CRM business called Lead Simple, a outsourced financial services business called Profit Coach, and a events business called PM Grow. So that's kind of the space that I play in. Awesome. Very cool. And what did you go to college? I did a year at Texas Lutheran and then just dropped out and did my own thing. No way. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Man, drop out. That's that's awesome. You don't uh, you don't hear that too often these days. And with how successful you are, I mean, that's incredible. So what was that? Um, what led you to that decision to to call it quits? You in know, I knew what I wanted to do since I was a kid, and it was just a matter of kind of getting the permission for myself to do it. So three more years wasn't really gonna. It didn't feel like that was going to accelerate my progress. So at some point, you just kind of jump off and just do it. Okay. And so when you were a kid, you said you knew what you wanted to do. Was that be in business, man? Okay. I wanted to be in business for myself. When I was a kid, I wanted to have a laundromat, a taxi company, and a towing truck service. (laughs) Wow. That's what I was into. Yeah. That's awesome. 
is, did you come to that on your own accord, or did you have um, some mm. leadership from your family, or how My did stepdad that... was a successful financial planner, okay. and I always thought of him as an entrepreneur, and so I had that modeled for me, and it was just kind of like, hey, shoot, why not? I'll go do that. that seemed like fun. Yeah. And so whenever, so whenever I was in high school going into college, you know, I thought you couldn't do anything without a college degree, including, you know, start your own business. Um, how did you, how did you know that like you didn't need a college degree, um, that, you know, after your freshman year of college that you were going to be able to do this thing on your own without, without that college degree? Hmm. I just, intuition, it didn't seem like I was really learning anything that was really going to help in the chaos of business where nobody tells you what to do. When you start a business, you're basically just playing house for a long time until you get enough clients and enough revenue. It's all just in your head. You tell yourself you're a business person. And so if you can do that by fiat, why not do it sooner rather than later? Now, there are different routes. I know a number of guys that have been through the Harvard Business Secondary Education programs and have great things to say about it. So I'm sure there's benefit, but for the type of game that I'm playing, um, I just it didn't feel necessary. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, and so what were the next steps that you took after dropping out? Like what was the first business that you started and how did you really get that up and going? So I got mentored. This is a really cool story and really cool part of my journey. But I got mentored by the CEO of a venture-backed HOA company, Homeowners Association Management Company called Real Manage. This guy brought me in and he just dropped knowledge on me. He was just really willing to invest his time. And it was structured in the evenings after work. I'd work for him during the day as an executive assistant and in the evening we'd go over Harvard case studies and he'd um, talk to me about his background and his stories. And I went through that kind of program, quote unquote, that he just made up with another guy. And me and that other guy, Chris, ended up being my co-founder in the first couple of businesses that I started. So through somebody else's generosity, I was able to have some good modeling. And when we were done with that, he more or less booted us and said, go figure it out. Doesn't really matter what you do. It's probably going to blow up. So just go ahead and get started. So that's what we did. Started something and been going from there. That's awesome. And so now you're in the, you know, the property management game. Was it because that your mentor was in the HOA field? Is that what kind of opened that door? I think so. When I was working there, we had a, we worked with a vendor called All Property Management. They provide property management leads. And as soon as he gave us permission and just said, start, it's probably going to fail. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you start. I was like, just take a dart and throw it against the wall. So we saw that one vendor and we're like, hey, let's try to do something like that. And so that was pretty much it. It was pretty, it was opportunistic rather than strategic. And that was, that was, um, it was kind of like he said, it sucked for multiple years running that business. And eventually we pivoted to something else, but the revenue that's come out of that business that's now fully passive has been kind of the seed bed for us to do other things. And so in that way, at the time, even though it was really hard, it's created a lot of opportunity through it. So I know you said when you were a kid, you you know, you wanted to start those three different businesses. Since I have the entrepreneurial bug in me as well, I would think like, you know, start a business and that's your baby, you know, get this one business to grow. Um, what... I guess, made you think that like, hey, I want to start multiple businesses. Or whenever, you know, was it whenever you got to your professional career that Mm. you had one business and it led to another and it was just, 
like you said, opportunistic or, or was it that you had planned to start multiple businesses? It was definitely more the latter. And as I think through it where I'm at now, I think the realization that I've come to is that the common thread was that I was deeply in pursuit of the deepest level of value for the consumer. So the first business was paid lead generation. I would send somebody a lead and kind of say, good luck, hope that works out for you. After a while, people would say things like, well, the leads are no good, and we'd investigate and realize that they had no sales process. So that was like, hey, we'll build some software to help you with that. Built the software and realized that we're still dealing with folks that have not operationalized sales and marketing. They don't have a full-time person in sales, so what can we do to take it a step further? Talking about education around sales and marketing, and then it was like, well, what if the business model is broken, so you're pumping a lot of sales and marketing into a dysfunctional business? Well, that requires a conversation around profit, finance, metrics. So getting as deep into the value chain to have ultimate impact on the customer, that was the guiding principle that for me created a variety of businesses. You know, you know everything that you're saying and everything that your businesses do is, uh, you know, pretty pretty complicated, right? And um, like I said earlier, I would think, well, for me, you know, I thought I needed to get, you know, a formal education from a college to learn to educate myself, right, to to start the business. And did you just was all this stuff self taught on like, you know, um, like you said. Uh, you developed software for, for sales and leads, and um, how did that come about? Does it, did you have to hire people to, to help with that, or did you go out and learn it yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so different verticals tend to have a focus with software. For example, there's a lot of thinking that is software or SaaS specific. I have a technical co-founder, and I think if you're starting a software company, it's a great way to go. I don't know how to program, don't need to, but I have somebody that does that effectively bootstrap that technology until we're able to hire more engineers. So that's been really useful. But in terms of learning, you read books, you talk to people, you network, and a lot of trial and error. But definitely networking and just realizing that um, you could spend a lot of time learning how to do something or you could just get yourself up to making the three or four phone calls to have somebody else tell you how to do it. And the latter is quite a bit more efficient. It's been my experience. Gotcha. And so owning these businesses and, and hiring these new people, um, it requires a lot of leadership qualities. Um, did you play any sports when you were growing up? Uh, reefer. Reefer? That, that was probably the main sport I was involved in in high school. Yeah, no, I did nothing organized. <laughs> yeah, I've been smoking pot. <laughs> oh my <No>. God. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, well... So I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. It, it was it was the answer I was looking for. Yes, correct. Um, I took it seriously at the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what do you think taught you those leadership qualities? Man, you know, you learn things over time. I think part of it is just getting in touch with yourself, as just learning more about who you are and being on a personal journey where you can like get yourself to a place where you can allow your true self to shine through and embrace the fact that we all have wants and desires that have no explanation. Instead of thinking that you need permission or a rationalization for wanting what you want, at least for me, it's like, I'm just really into entrepreneurship. It's not any better or worse than anything else, but it's my jam. And so I had to get to the point where I could really um, lean into that and lean into some personal development work has been really helpful and profoundly impact for me. Hiring a business coach, joining programs like Strategic Coach has been really useful. So that personal development work has kind of been 
the glue and what it took me a while to realize was behind all of the business oriented outcomes. Gotcha. Cool. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Um, so no organized sports when you were growing up, but you said that, you know, you you love, you know, entrepreneurship and so usually if um, I pursue something, it's because I feel like I'm good at it or, or I enjoy it, right? And so did you start any businesses when you were a kid and, and to learn mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. wanted to be an entrepreneur or start a business when you were an adult? You know, I probably had some hustles when I was a kid. Actually, I did. I um, When I was in high school, I would dig up rocks out of the ground power wash them, bleach them, and sell them to people on eBay for fish tanks. Wow. That was my first business. Yeah. And then I went to a military academy when I was younger, and I would would just buy up people's stuff when they were leaving, like all their equipment, and kind of flip that, and then I had like a little vending business. So I had some, you know, small, tiny hustles. Okay, cool. Do you think those would attribute to um, your desire to... To start businesses, the thrill, man. Yeah. yeah, the thrill of arbitrage is just—it's a—it's uh, real—it's real high. So yeah, for sure. Cool, man. That's awesome. Well, Matt, I think you have some questions yeah. on some more yeah. details. Yeah, go for it. Bro. I'm curious. You said your partner Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, you, were you guys working together doing management at the time, right? Yep, I'm working for that HOA company. Um, curious how you looked at him, and you know, y'all became partners, like. You were working alongside of him, and what was the process there? Like, hey, this guy would be a good partner. How did that work out? You know, I think a lot of it was circumstantial, but the fact that we were very different in our temperaments and skills and abilities created some complementary kind of dynamics. I am more like the sales marketing biz dev visionary. He's more like ops, and really product is the main thing that he handles. So I knew we were different. I knew I could trust the guy. I knew he was going to be faithful, hardworking, and he was capable, and that's about as much as I thought about it. Right. And then, obviously, it's a big deal getting a partner. Um, walk us through, like, have you guys had some fallouts, and how did you learn and grow together and get yeah. better? Yeah, yeah, airing out the dirty laundry, right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, man, there's definitely been some ups and downs, for sure. What I would say is that when you start off, you don't really know much. There's not a lot of clarity on how to manage different giftings and abilities. And for us, stress probably came around the default assumption that we needed to be peers in all ways, when in reality, there was differing giftings and abilities. And so there was quite a bit of friction maybe uh, two years ago, and it kind of came to a head when I just realized with crystal clarity that I wanted to work together, but I didn't necessarily want to co-manage. And the way that that came out was me saying, I don't want to work together. And then we had to kind of like go back to the drawing board, retool, and get clear on the fact that if we could drive more alignment in our working relationship rather than just assuming uh, that we're peers and should act like that in all ways. There's there's nuance, man. Here's the way I think about it now. It's funny. You asked me about sports. I think of myself as a performance athlete, man. Like I have a limited subset of things that I'm good at, and that's where I want to focus. And most things I'm not good at. And I can guilt myself into doing it because I'm the CEO. I'm the business owner. That's not a good use of my time. Everybody suffers when I do that. So I want to be really focused for key performances, make my key contribution. But I want to take time off, strategically rejuvenate, you know, the equivalent of an ice bath or a massage, whatever. So I think of myself now much more like a like the talent within the organization rather than just being this kind of just generic 
boss guy. Gotcha. That makes any sense. Yeah. I like that. That makes perfect sense. I've um, similarly struggled with finding something that I'm good at and focusing on that. Uh, I, previously, you know, I've uh, thought that, like, I needed to be a jack-of-all-trades. Like, mm. if I didn't know one particular thing, I'm dumb, I'm inadequate, um, there's no way that I'm going to be successful. Uh, but, you know, through, you know, my professional career so far and, and hearing from people like yourself and learning that um, you need to find what you're good at and really focus in on that and hone in on that and then, you know, network and, and use other people to to do what they're good at, you know, and uh, not really be down on yourself for something that you're not good at. It's been, a, I guess, a real learning and growing process. For sure. So for you, when did that, when did that happen? Because for me, it happened two years after I graduated college, which is late in my opinion. So when did it happen for you? Yeah, late is, re- how old are you, bro? 27. I mean, it's all relative here, late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's, there's yeah. late and then there's late. Sure. Yeah, I hear you, man. I think that the more you double down and you get clear on the contribution that you can make when you focus on your unique ability to quote Dan Sullivan or your zone of genius, that's when the optimism can start to well up. But at the end of the day, it's always about your level of optimism about the future. If you're pessimistic and you embrace the idea of like a zero-sum game, like you know, what I have right now is about as, as much as I could ever have. And you're going to hold it really tightly and you're going to resist any form of change that could threaten it. If you're really optimistic about the future and what's possible, well, shoot, you may as well burn the house down and start over because you have a belief about abundance going forward. So I think your level of optimism or pessimism about the future really drives that. But then when you see the fruit and the reward of going deep on your unique ability, that's where the reward started for me, I just got really clear that I was so good when I'm working on what I'm really good at, and I'm really just kind of okay. I'm just average at the things that I'm not, and that's okay. You know, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is it that you're that you're great at, and how did you find that out? So, for me, it would be a combination somewhere in between um, networking and acting in that visionary capacity. So. Being able to have a very high cadence of interaction with people and ideas, synthesize information, and then regurgitate it to the market in a way that is palatable, palatable and saleable. So if I talk with a hundred people in a new field, by the time I'm talking to that hundredth person, I can be pretty darn conversant in whatever the topic is that we're discussing. Um, that and a heavy biz dev focus. So just matching up problems with needs, coordinating people, talent, people getting on the phone, extracting information. I don't let the how stop me. The how is interesting. It's important. It's critical. But the how is not the area that I want to be operating in. I want to be operating in the level of the who um, and the how will figure itself out. So in, in having that unique ability and understanding what it is, do you ever find yourself challenged with here's a new opportunity where I see that I can, you know, use these skills and, you know, basically being able to network and understand a business and say you hear about a new thing that you realize that you can take that and go put it there. Do you have that challenge or do you just stay solely zoned in on the one thing you're working on? Oh, no, man, I totally have that challenge. I mean, there's if I'm being honest, there's an aspect of being an entrepreneur that just involves compulsive behavior you know like wanting to compulsively do new things and i've got to accept that and kind of balance that out on the one hand it's a strength and i'm a quick start on the other hand there can be a lack of 
focus. So the way that I try and constrain my activities is by managing my schedule, managing my time, like having a set block of hours for meeting or new ideas and a set block of hours for the existing commitments that I already have. So having a forcing function in place is helpful, but I struggle with that all the time. And you, you got to distinguish between what is FOMO, that's just like fear of missing out irrationally, and what is something that's like really meant for you is really alignment with in alignment with everything else that you already have going on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to force things though. Like I don't want to be coercive in relationships, businesses, opportunities. If it doesn't flow and it's not aligned, I'd rather not waste my time. Right. That's smart. I think that's good. We uh, <clears throat> we've discussed on this podcast before the about letting go, um, and that sounds like something that you're good at. Like you said, if it doesn't flow then you don't want to waste your time on mm-hmm. it. Um, and so knowing when to, to let go of things is crucial. It's, it's important for success. Mm-hmm. Um, I am super interested in like your your long-term goal with, with these businesses, um, with your professional career in general. Is the goal to, it sounds like you enjoy what you do. Um, and so usually when people talk about retirement, it's about getting away from the job that they're working mm-hmm. um, and having that freedom. What's your goal and uh, what's your plan, I guess, really? You know, I'm, I'm fairly young, man, and I really enjoy the hustle. Financial freedom in a more passive income sense is really attractive. I have one business that provides that for me, but it's not blown it out. But it is, it's nice to have one business that provides like a kind of a menial salary, but I want to have more of those. And ultimately, I want to divorce my time and effort from the outcomes and the income that I am receiving. And I want to have the freedom to focus on the highest impact areas of really impacting people's lives, leveraging my unique ability. So I plan on working until I'm 150, man. That's awesome. You said you want to have the, the highest impact. And so that brings me to your why. You know, you said you enjoy business. And ever since you were a little kid, you wanted to start businesses. And now you mention yeah, you want to be impactful. So what's your why? What is the impact that you want to make on people's lives? And hmm. how do you want to make that impact? Man, that's a really great question. Um, the crack I would take at the moment would just be to focus on transformation. There's always a gap in all of us between where we're at now and what we could be. And my definition of hell is being able to see that firsthand, the gap between who you are versus who you could have become. To me, the bigger that gap is, like that's what hell would look like is having to face that reality. So helping people facilitate personal transformation, personal change, and leverage courage to rise up to be the person that they could be and want to be. And that may sound somewhat distanced from business, but I find entrepreneurship to be a really great vehicle to work with people that have already demonstrated some courage and buy into the concept of courage and financial outcomes are simply a proxy to make the decisions that are required to um, embrace transformation. I think ideally, or it could be a really shitty long grind, you know, I've experienced both of those and I want more of the former and less of the latter. Very Mm, cool. Great answer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I think it's great. Um, what about as you, you know? It's interesting because you're totally engulfed in the management business as far as like bringing in leads and the systems, but you're not actually managing properties. Right? Um, do you struggle with you know maybe opening a property management business, and also do you have goals of buying real estate? Yeah. So I've definitely thought about starting a property management company. There's a little bit of a um, conflict with my client base. 
like this might be a different conversation if I was to start a Austin-based property management company. You never know. It's possible, but it's not eminent. I'm happy with where I'm at. I do like the business model. I like the fact that it's recurring revenue. I like the fact that it's the long, slow money rather than dealing with the ego and the mega agents on the buy-sell side of real estate. Investing in real estate is definitely of interest. I haven't crossed that chasm, but... Um, I want to. So yeah, it's only a matter of time for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious uh, why, because you, you said your mentor was in the HOA game yeah, and you've kind of been in this property management game for you know a little while. Why, I guess, maybe haven't you made that leap? What, have, what has been your... To res- investing in real estate? Correct, yeah. What have been your reservations? It's probably just a limiting belief around competence, honestly. Just like, oh, I'm really great at business, but I don't really know about... The whole real estate side of things. I think it's just it's really just a limiting belief. Yeah, gotcha. fairly arbitrary. Well, you can hire someone to do that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know some people. You can make some intros. <laughs> That's awesome, man. But let me just say that I totally believe in the process of wealth creation through real estate. There are so many different ways you can in, you could invest your money where you're just going to be completely divorced from the underlying asset. Like to me, investing in the stock market could do that too i've done that a bit here and there but i have no hopes of beginning to understand global economics like that's not my jam so if i'm investing in the stock market that would be more of a hedging strategy investing in real estate particularly in rentals being able to be close to it and being able to um, work with somebody that i could trust to actually like steward that asset i think there's just like some universal appeal there it's just making it as accessible as possible so it's only a matter of time for me but uh, every smart entrepreneur that has gotten let's say every smart entrepreneur I know that has had an exit has absolutely gone down that path so yeah it's inevitable sure we're, we're big into trying to buy and, and the ownership side and that's I think what got me into management in the first place was like oh. I saw that that's what I wanted to do and then I could do management to manage those and manage for other people and be plugged in the game and I find it interesting, you know, when we were uh, in California, uh, one of the guys asked, like, who in here owns rentals? And of the property management companies, there was, like, three. And me and that guy were talking after. He's like, man, everyone in this room is missing it. Like Clint. Yeah. yeah, Clint brought that up. And he said, that's crazy. Like, they're just all missing it. So that's just, you know, it, it's interesting because that's why we started this is because we wanted to own properties. There has to be a path to divorcing your time and your effort from your income. That's one way to do it, and that's just broadly what is attractive to me. I'm happy to hustle hard and to go after the big the big nut, the business opportunities, but in general, the theme for me is being able to divorce my effort from uh, the financial reward. So I'm curious about, in your professional career, or anywhere really along along the line of your story, have you had a significant failure? Hmm. If so, how'd you bounce back? Yeah. So the first business that I started was essentially a two-sided marketplace. And what's classically challenging about two-sided marketplaces is you have two separate constituencies that have to align for a transaction. For eBay, for example, you can't just have sellers. You got to have buyers. Sure. What we did was compounded by the fact that we needed to have a buyer and a seller in the same zip codes. We had a lot of buyers and a lot of sellers, but they weren't necessarily in the same exact zip codes which meant that that business was like a two year, I, th- I wanna say it was probably 18, literally 18 months before we made a single dollar. Oh wow. So we had to 
scrap and do some crazy stuff just to keep the lights on. I remember we did like an affiliate marketing thing at one point. I remember um, running Google pay-per-click ads for a book publisher book publisher slash toy seller just to like raise the funds to keep the lights on. Yeah, and then a little million things from there that probably just stemmed around relationship, communication, and not having the hard conversations that wanted to be had and that were necessary, but maybe I didn't have the courage to in the moment and like dealing with the fallout and the blowback rather than just leaning into the challenge at the moment. Gotcha. I guess what were you going through, through I guess each of those failures, mentally, emotionally, did you think that maybe, you know, did you ever think about like calling it quits or um, were you just, I guess, tied, never. tied to the end goal? And never. Thought, I never through. thought about calling it quits. I thought it was total bullshit when people around me wanted to ask me like, how, how much longer are you going to keep doing this for? Like, uh-huh. is this a good idea? Should you really be doing this? Sure. Maybe you should get a job. Never <laughs> thought about it once. Wow. No. Mm-mm. Where do you think that comes from? Because that's so interesting to me. This You're an anomaly to me. I've met, you know, so many people and... You know, they have at least would have considered, you know, getting a job or, or calling it quits. And for you, it was, no, was, you had the blind. I was zone. young, man. Here's the way I thought about it. The way I thought about it was like long term camping, i.e., homelessness. If you really put a, if you put a spin on that, man, like long term camping, have a YMCA membership, shower while there, eat inexpensively. Would I rather do that and keep hope alive or sell myself out man like that's just like it's selling out you can sell other people out and you can sell yourself out and i just wasn't prepared to go down that path it'd be different though if i started when i was 40 i mean i'll be honest i was in i was in my 20s so it's a different game i don't want to act like i'm the guy that quit my 200 g a year salary with three kids and a fat mortgage i'm not that guy i didn't have to exert that courage somebody else does i have respect for that person but for where i was at being as young as I was, it was a fairly easy decision to make. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's, um, I guess that's a, a lesson for, you know, young 20-somethings to to take is that um, you're at the best starting point possible right now. Like you said, you don't have, you know, a family with kids and yada, yada, all these things to lose, um, so to speak. And so really the only way to go is up. And so, like I said, there's there's not much to lose. So yeah, Everything is a success at that point. The best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. The second best time is today. Is today. Right now. So I don't care where you're at. Like Unless you're on your deathbed, it's a couple of years of of hardship and struggle. But you know, if, if you have a long-term vision for what you want, go after it, man. Sure. Go yeah. after it. That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask you what your... One piece of advice would be to people, and I think you, I think you just said it. Unless you got, unless you got any other more wisdom for us, man, I would just say know yourself. Like get to a point of radical honesty with yourself. It will serve you well, and if you can find people that will facilitate that conversation and create a safe space where you can just like really be honest about who you are and what you want in life, I think no matter who you are or what you're pursuing, that's one of the most profoundly impactful things you can do. That's awesome. That's great. I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. yeah. Boom. I love it, man. <laughs> That's awesome. This conversation flowed so well, I don't think I'm going to have to do any editing. 
But uh, before we close out, Matt, do you have anything else you wanna you wanna say? Just that I appreciate you coming on, and um, I mean, there's takeaways in that for me personally. So I love the the homeless idea, and you know, having nothing to long-term lose. Long-term camping, because I, I yeah, because I feel the same way. It's like I'd, I'd I'd rather be like that too, than go work for someone and look at the clock every day. Because the way you put it, there's hope and optimism. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. Staying like that. So appreciate it. Good good stuff. Matt, Lexi, how old are you guys? 27, yeah. Pursuing the dream, man. We're trying. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, appreciate you know? it. If you just like get off of realizing that you don't have to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, you just like to have to start. And like right. financial freedom is such a lower bar than being bonkers rich it's yeah. it's accessible for those that are willing to suffer for a period of time so yeah something interesting that i just thought of when you said that is like the zuckerberg or steve jobs is i've heard people say like that you know that's who you want to be right but then when you really think about it like i've thought about it i, I actually wouldn't want that no same here i mean like do you actually want to work you know 16 hour days and do that forever like no I mean, they killed it, and now they can do whatever they want. You know, Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's just interesting to, you know, people look at something like that, and they think it, that's what they want. But if you really think about it, it's probably not. Fame, fame is a slave. Business can be a slave. Freedom is fundamentally a separate construct than business. Right. They can be connected, but they can also be miles apart. If you're being your own boss and your boss tells you to work all the time, that can be – rough so yeah there's a mental construct beyond just getting to, to wealth it's like freedom is really what i think universally people are after right i totally agree and you know it's, i mean speaking of freedom and you know we brought up mark zuckerberg um that kind of makes me think about you know the quote that's uh, comparison is a thief of joy right mm, if, we, if we didn't know about mark zuckerberg why would we set that as our bar you know we need to determine our own freedom compared to i mean it should be determined by what we want, by what we enjoy, what we love. Um, and like you said, everybody's freedom is different, right? And so why do you think you need to be the next Mark Zuckerberg? You need to be the next whoever you are um, and work according to, according to that and do Best whatever. Best version of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, there's a philosopher named Ayn Rand that wrote a book called Atlas Shrugged. And in that book, she comes up with this term called second-handers to describe people they can only receive pleasure from other people's approval of the things that they have done. Mm-hmm. And in her construct of this fantasy narrative, like those are the lowest of the low. And the people that are really doing it right, they know what they want and they don't need any permission. They don't need any validation. It's like you want what you want. Nobody can make it good or right for you. You just choose it. And that's really kind of where I'm at. Yeah. What a great way to close out a freaking podcast. Like this it's is fun, like- man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. For the listeners, how can they find you? You can find me at leadsimple.com, pmprofitcoach.com. If you're in the property management game, we've got the Profitable Property Management Podcast. That's probably the best place to check it out. Profitablepropertymanagement.com. Check out the podcast. That's the best place to go. Cool, man. Yeah. We will definitely uh, put all of your info in the show notes and... Once again, thank you so much for being on. We really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Bye-bye. Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast with Mr. Jordan Muela. I really enjoyed getting to know him, diving deeper into his story, and finding out what he sees 
in his business life and his entrepreneurial life that makes him successful and um, really uh, the future plans for, for him and, and what he, he plans on doing. He is the owner of a successful business called Lead Simple. It's a great lead generation and uh, sales process business that we actually use here at our company, Tree Homes. He's also the host of a fun podcast called the Profitable Property Management Podcast. It is on, I know for sure it's on Apple Podcast. I'm fairly sure it's on all platforms. Uh, but look him up and, and listen to his podcast. And also you can go to leadsimple.com and we will put all of his information in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think and share it with your friends. We love getting new listeners. We love uh, really growing this uh, young, wild, financially free uh, family that we, we've built so far. And uh, we love you guys and appreciate uh, all you listeners out there. We'll see you guys next year, I guess, in 2019, which will actually be next week. Okay, bye-bye.